fraud. It's more than just cracking open a safe or a database. In fact, it's becoming so sophisticated, so overwhelming in volume that banks can't be blamed for being baffled. But as a brave new digital world unfolds, financial institutions have a rare opportunity to build robust security into the foundation. Here to take us through the A to Z of best defenses, we have Alistair Faulkner of LexisNexis Risk Solutions. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Don't miss your opportunity to join industry innovation gurus J.P. Nichols and Jason Hendricks from Fintech Forge at the BAI Innovation Summit. That's October 8th through 10th in Boston. Visit BAI.org for registration details and to learn more about this exciting program. Thanks again for tuning into the podcast and coming in all the way from Sydney, Australia. We have Alistair Faulkner. Alistair is the Chief Identity Officer, Business Services at LexisNexis Risk Solutions. In this role, he leads the commercial markets and strategy function for fraud and identity management, a very important topic. We are delighted to have you here with us today, Alistair. My pleasure. 2019, we are halfway through and yet facing some very familiar challenges. How do you think banking organizations approach their omni-channel identity strategy? When should they apply it and how can this strategy ultimately reduce friction? Yeah, it's a good question. Why it's essential when we're talking in the context of fraud and identity, this topic of omni-channel is that your customers, obviously, they're looking for a consumer-first banking experience but also fraudsters now more than ever leveraging multiple vectors and sophisticated attacks that go cross channels. And that's why it's a very important topic in 2019. In terms of how we see our customers approach it, it can be a very daunting task when you have a lot of legacy infrastructure and boiling the ocean can be a very problematic approach. Our customers, the banks and financial services industry, go taking an outside in approach. So Starting at key points in a customer journey, often when a customer first onboards with you, how do you re-envisage the way that you examine a customer? What do you even construe or construct or consider to be the full identity of that customer? Obviously, in the US, it might be things like your social security number and other typical attributes that the industry has been well-versed in examining and looking for. But then increasingly, we're seeing digital aspects of their customers, what devices they use, what networks they come from, and then what are the associated identity and attributes of those devices? Are they shared? Are they laptops used at work? Do they travel on the train using their iPhone and then move to an iPad when they get home? Customer onboarding, obviously, is a good place to start because once you get good resolution and trust and high fidelity in that customer journey, then you can take that all the way through the rest of the organization. When I say that outside-in approach, that's where your identity verification, KYC, financial crime and compliance, and credit risk decisioning approach, when you look at that and then say, okay, now where are the other key parts of the journey which enable us to still have confidence in that trust? We've onboarded that customer. We have very good resolution. We know that they exist. You know, we've done some kind of credit risk assessment, and obviously the leading ones use alternate data 
and identity bureaus, LexisNexis risk solutions. But then also now when they're interacting with our call center, now when they're authenticating through our mobile app, now when they're going into a branch to ask a question, how are they changing and interacting with our services? What we're seeing is customers increasingly take a siloed approach and swapping that out for a more centralized authentication strategy. By having a holistic approach to identity, resolve that singular customer identity across all those different key customer touch points and be able to decision in real time for every single action, whether it's updating their contact details, adding a new payment instrument, adding a new device to their service, no matter what that is, having a single layer, an API layer, that can integrate with the rest of your legacy systems so you can keep intact to a great degree your existing legacy infrastructure is really a powerful approach that enables you over time to kind of peel the onion back and perhaps replace systems without having to take a big bang approach. Further on in the kitchen of banking, there seems to be another onion to peel. Renewed emphasis on online and mobile account opening versus authentication and identification being such a large hurdle. What do you think is behind that? Fraudsters can pretend to be anyone from anywhere at any time, leveraging things like VPNs, platform providers, hosting services providers. They can have an IP address which resolves very close to where your typical consumer might be. We're seeing unprecedented amounts of data being breached, which means fraudsters don't need to guess at identities. They can have probably better resolution of an individual than many credit bureaus. And then you also have a large amount of automation. So as you're putting more services online, we're seeing fraudsters now resorting to things like bot attacks and increasingly using things like AI to impersonate customers. If that's not enough, in the digital realm, we're also seeing synthetic fraud on the rise, an 800% increase since 2012 in the use of synthetic identities. And it's a particularly pernicious issue for banks because if I've stolen their identity and I eventually use it to open a credit line, there's no one who complains in the case of a synthetic identity and the losses can be quite all-consuming. And the attack surface has increased just because we've gone towards digital in a big way, it doesn't mean that you can't stop protecting your branches, your call centers, and all the old schemes don't necessarily go away. And in fact, they become more vulnerable as there are more ways to take information from your consumers. And then the next step in terms of open surface area is going towards APIs. As open banking has come in, and also it's a fact of just going to mobile apps is that fraudsters are reverse engineering mobile apps to see how that app is communicating with your servers. The only way that you're able to really effectively deal with this is one, if you have an omni-channel authentication strategy, identity verification and authentication, you have to treat those two as an integrated whole, but then also having an integrated view of that identity, both marrying the physical identity and that digital identity to see whether those two things square up. And then the third piece is that you have to use a network to fight a network. Now, you mentioned open banking. It's become a huge component of omnichannel 
Data sharing is, of course, at the core of open banking. What do you see successful organizations doing to secure their data while being able to share it at the same time? Well, we're fortunate that the top UK banks, for example, all leverage threat metric solution. And so we've worked with them through the journey. And it's not just the UK banks, it's many of the larger European banks as well who've had to tackle this. And what we found is you have to take it right back to what's the value proposition what is your customer proposition? And then what are the key journeys and flows that will enable that? That value proposition might be, you know, we aim to be the mobile first experience of a frictionless experience for our consumers that enables them to bank anywhere at any time. So taking it from the consumer, understanding what it is that you wish to do for them, how you wish to interact with them, then you can design an authentication strategy that goes through all the ways that customer might interact with your organization. You can do it in a way that takes key flows in a customer journey, onboarding, customer authentication, interaction with third-party sites. Those are the ones that have been very successful. And what they've done is that they've integrated the intelligence of that entire customer's journey, not just looking at it, for example, from a perspective of, at this point in time, my customer is attempting to buy something online using their customer account, you know, using our open API instead of using their credit card. That's a common use case in Europe at the moment. In that example, knowing, hey, how did this customer on board to this bank? How do they normally authenticate to our service such that when they're also authenticating to our service through a third party, is that still consistent with that behavior? You're doing transactional analysis that you're incorporating the full view of that customer's life cycle with that bank. But then also, if you're fortunate enough to leverage a shared identity intelligence network, you know, how they interacted with other sites. So is this consistent if they're trying to pay, you know, this other online merchant, what's been their behavior? Is this within profile? And so they've combined a full customer journey, that full global intelligence into a single risk score at the moment of truth, you know, the point of contact when the customer is trying to get access to their money and use it, whether it's within your infrastructure or on somebody else's. And then combining that risk-based authentication with a strong authentication strategy. So one of the good things open banking did is bringing strong customer authentication, a level of freedom around having the right authentication experience for that customer such that they're most likely to complete that transaction. And what we're seeing is most often that is the device that they carry with them everywhere, often even to bed, you know, use it as their alarm clock, and that's their mobile device. No matter where they're transacting with a newer app or somebody else's ability to step up and say either pre-transaction, which is, did you really attempt to buy a pair of sneakers? Uh, yeah, that's me. Great. Or what we're seeing in other markets as well is that they're actually moving it to the notification stage. So rather than putting the point of friction prior to the transaction, it was you get a notification and say, oh, I just saw that you did a transaction. And then, you know, leaving it to the consumer, you know, if they're aware of it, it's a valid transaction, they're going to just carry on with their day without having experienced a single second of friction. And, you know, if it isn't them, their ability to contest that transaction can also be automated to a great degree. Offline, we spoke about the importance of emphasizing anti-money laundering compliance. Frontline staff goes through AML training, but it's not as top of mind for other folks in the industry. What do you think those in the back office or CIS we need to keep top of mind regarding AML compliance? Uh, it's an excellent, excellent question. And so I think because 
fraud and AML is so pernicious. And because if you're laundering money, you're going to use the same techniques as fraudsters do to try and hide, you know, your underlying identity. You might use an IP address, an anonymizer to try and hide the true location of where you actually are. We're seeing AML and cybercrime and cybercriminal gangs using money mules, wash money through multiple hots, through multiple, multiple banks. What that means is you need to have more sophisticated monitoring and detection systems that takes the burden from the frontline staff. What we found is that those who invested in better risk detection systems and took the burden away from the customer having to be highly educated, which often sometimes they're not, in terms of the different types of attack scenarios, the regulators are now also expecting banks to look to more digital technologies to also shore up their AML compliance. You spoke about creating a comprehensive picture of the customer. You have created a very comprehensive view of how to tackle fraud in the digital age. Alistair, thank you so much for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Anytime. Alistair Faulkner is the Chief Identity Officer, Business Services at LexisNexis Risk Solutions. He's in Sydney, Australia. You can look for Alistair on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, Omnichannel isn't a safe place by default as fraudsters can hop across channels with uncanny skill. Consider an outside-in approach verifying identity in terms of all key parts of the journey. For example, how do you construct a customer once they onboard with you? Number two, fraudsters can pretend to be anyone, anywhere, at any time. Using VPN addresses close to the victim or better resolution of an individual than even credit bureaus can construct. They're even exploring artificial intelligence and creating consumers who don't exist, all to wipe out their credit lines. The only way to deal with it is to build an omnichannel verification strategy, using a network to fight a network and marrying aspects of the physical and digital consumer identity. And number three. Open banking success stories have some common denominators. They integrate intelligence from across the entire customer journey. This means constructing comprehensive views of how customers interact with many sites, both yours and those connected to the API. This allows you to leverage a full global intelligence and create strong risk authentication from rich layers of information. Join us September 23rd through the 27th for the BAI Deep Dive Digital Transformation. This complimentary week-long series of dedicated content is focused on the key issues surrounding digital transformation that impact the digital-physical divide, talent, operations, and data. Learn more at BAI.org. And now BAI Banking Strategies presents My 21-Year-Old Self where our podcast guest talks about what they were like at 21, life as an emerging leader, and the advice they give themselves today. Dressing for grunge rock on the one hand and studying electrical engineering on the other, Alistair Faulkner certainly had a colorful future in front of him. What road to take then? There's the road less traveled and yet the trip less perfect. Here's how Alistair managed to renegotiate the path to a broader, bigger vision and what he would tell his 21-year-old self to do. Listen. I had long hair, wearing 
flannel shirt imitating uh, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam, who is my idol. I recently would have recently moved from Darwin, uh, Northern Territory, to Adelaide University, where I was pursuing electrical, electronic engineering, and subsequently did my master's. One that I guess I still keep with me today, and that is take the hard path. In that way, it's the road less traveled. I would say when you take that path, the harder path, stick to your strengths and don't worry too much about compensating for your weaknesses. And that's what other people are for. That's what teams are for. That's what large companies are for, small and large. And so, you know, when you look at life, I think one of the things that's always been true for me is have a vision and a purpose that appeals to you such that no matter the distractions that happen on a daily basis, that vision often surprisingly comes true. And it doesn't happen in a hurry, but it certainly does in a long term. And I think most people overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. And that's been very true for me. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. We hope to have you back with us very soon. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. Our producer, as always, is James Grady. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.